like I said, we are walking through this inner peace stuff, and um, man, I really, for me, one of the greatest benefits, really, to uh, trying to connect with God and inviting uh, the teachings of Jesus into my life and my lifestyle, there is an inner peace that God brings. And I believe that everybody, no matter who you are, no matter, this may be your first time ever in a church, um, I believe that it's available for you and that God wants that between you and him. And so um, we're just kind of talking through some principles that lead to inner peace, a rest of of the soul, no matter what you're going through. And uh, we're talking through some do's and some don'ts, some things that bring peace and some things that make it hard to find peace when we allow in our life. And so I'm giving some principles and then walking through some scripture. And so today what I want to do is I just have a few scriptures that have been enormously helpful for me when it comes to um, maintaining a sense of peace in my life. And so I'm going to walk through these scriptures with you and then we'll see what God does. And so I'm going to pray and then we'll start with uh, 2 Corinthians. Father, you've said that your word is active and living that it does a kind of surgery on our soul. And so I just want to invite you to speak through your word uh, to the places where we need it most in our life, which you know even more than us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, a couple quick guiding thoughts here. Inner peace comes when we can rest in friendship with God in his presence. This is not achieved by earning anything or maintaining anything. Fighting for approval from God or others or ourselves only leads to inner chaos and is the enemy of inner peace. So, if you struggle with guilt that drives you from God or haunts you with an unending need to do more. If you continually worry about what others think about you, if you cannot admit when you are wrong or project perfection, if you feel guilt when your schedule is free, if you try to gain importance through busyness, if you feel like you have to say yes to anything that represents something that is good. Hopefully these scriptures this morning speak to that. And if you don't struggle with any of that, you're good. Just go to Bob Evans and have a nice breakfast. All right. So um, I'm going to start with 2 Corinthians 12. And the words will be on the screen behind me. And and especially there might be some of you here today with like a, a religious kind of background that, that stresses guilt, that, stretches having, that stresses having to earn uh, your standing with God, um, like there's stuff you have to do uh, to be forgiven on a regular basis or, or you know, guilt-based, authoritarian-based, um, ritual-based background. And I just want to invite you into thinking about approaching God maybe a little differently. So, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 12. This is written by a guy named, the, named uh, Paul. 
the Apostle Paul or St. Paul, some of you may have, may have heard. And I'm going to start in verse 2. Now, this first part's kind of like, uh, like churchy language, and then, and then we'll get to some stuff, and I'll explain it all, and hopefully you um, can internalize it. I know a man in Christ, and he's talking about himself. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven, whether in the body or out of body, I do not know. God knows. So when the third heaven, they had a three-tier view. You had like the earth first, the stars, and the atmosphere second, and then like God's throne room heaven third. So the third realm of heaven, talking about he's like in, in what we consider today heaven. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise whether in body or out of body, I do not know. God knows. In other words, I don't know whether God transported me there or whether he just showed me what it was. And he heard things that cannot be told, with, uh, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast, but, only, uh, but on my own behalf, I will not boast except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. This is Jesus saying, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, that was, I know, some like cumbersome language, but here's Paul's point, and this is what I appreciate about Scripture. Unlike so much ancient uh, historical documentation, especially like propaganda, and it's one of the reasons that I believe the Bible is not just propaganda, propaganda and a lot of ancient stuff buffs out the rough spots. Like, you only hear what is good. But what Paul says here is that he has actually learned to embrace his weaknesses, understanding that God prefers to show his strength through our failures. Like, that's the kind of relationship. It's not earn this. It's God saying, no, let me meet you in your failures. Let me meet you in your weaknesses, and let's show the world how I am strong through your weaknesses. In other words, it's never been about us earning anything or gaining anything. And so when you feel the inner chaos, when you're not at rest because you know what others say or what you've heard or how you don't meet it, remember that God never tried to make your relationship with him about your success. He would rather show his grace in the midst of your weakness. So here, this is the Bible narrative. 
One of the things that I appreciate is that the Bible is not this, it's not this presentation of look at these great heroes. Okay, here's, here's some of the things that the Bible tells us about the heroes of the Bible. Moses was a murderer. Peter denies Jesus and then like uses swear words to amp up the fact that he's denying Jesus. Noah got sloppy drunk. Jonah was a racist. Elijah burned out. Jacob was a con man. Jeremiah was suicidal. Like these are the Bibles, like these are the who's who. Timothy had ulcers. Thomas second-guessed everything. And you could go on and on and on and on. Like, this is us. The Bible does not paint this picture of us needing to be perfect in order to be connected with God or used by God. In fact, it's the opposite. God shows his strength in our weaknesses. And so, if you want inner peace, a calm spirit, part of what you and I are going to have to do is deal with the thoughts that drive us away from God that say that somehow we have to be a certain way or earn our standing with God. Because guilt is a robber of inner peace. I want to move to another scripture now that is like for me just Hall of Fame level in terms of bringing inner peace into my world. It's found in Luke Chapter 18, words will be up behind you on the screen. Okay. Jesus also told a parable, that's a, like a short story with a spiritual point. To some who trusted in themselves, they trusted in their own abilities, that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. In other words, they thought it was about earning your place into good standing with God. Like that was their approach. Two men went up to the temple. This is the story to pray. They went to the temple or the church, like, you know, to pray, to connect with God. One a Pharisee. The Pharisees were like the priests, the religious leaders, the rabbis, the clergy. They were the professional Christians, okay? They knew the most Bible. They had done the most stuff. They were the celebrated religious leaders. The other, a tax collector. Okay, think like red light district. Tax collectors had horrible reputations, the lowest of the low in, in society. Like you think of a totem pole of closeness with God, you would put them at the very bottom, okay? Like Steelers fans. The, the Pharisee standing, how about we did not lose? We got a Buckeyes win. Yeah, Buckeyes win, tribe playoffs, and not losing to the Steelers feels just as good. Okay, the Pharisee, the religious like elite, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. Okay, so he's there saying, I am thankful, God, that I turned out great and that 
I do all the stuff right. That's his prayer. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So anytime you have these thoughts creep into your head that say you don't belong in God's presence, you can kind of say, yeah, that's right, I don't. But you remember this story that Jesus told saying, then you're ready to come into God's presence and God is ready to receive you. It's when you begin to think that you have things right that you belong there. Like, okay, I've lived pretty well these past few weeks. I did that thing. I didn't do that thing. I can talk to, like, that's when you're in the danger zone. It's realizing that the only platform to be in God's presence is mercy, is his gift of grace. And this is so important because if you ever want to have inner peace, especially in times when it doesn't make sense that you would, like when life circumstances are difficult, if you ever want inner peace, it's going to come when you're in presence with God. With you're in connection, when you're in connection with Jesus, I don't know how else you can have it. Like real inner peace. But to get there, you can't start from a place of feeling like somehow you earned it or you deserved it or you're ready for it. It starts from the place of mercy. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you about uh, something that has really been helpful for me lately in my own life. <clears throat> um, and I think no matter where you are, um, you may have like zero relationship with God right now, and you just know, but yeah, I'm far from God, and, and I don't spend time with Him. I don't pray. I don't whatever. Okay, I'm, this is it's 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 true, and it's yours. Okay. Um, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit, which is a part of of God's presence in the universe, um, praying. It's called interceding. Praying through us when we don't even know what to pray for. Paul talks about kind of, and I don't even know what, I honestly, I I don't know what it even means, okay? Um, But it talks about the Holy Spirit praying through you on your behalf when you don't even know what to pray or how to pray. Okay, so... There are times when, when you are going to, um, um, and me, when, when, when I know that, that I have not lived very well and I'm not in the mood to spend time with God because he knows and I know what's gone through my mind and what's come out of my mouth over any given period of time, okay? I want you to do this with me. Inhale. Exhale. Okay, now, while you inhale deep, say in your mind, Holy Spirit, and then while you breathe out, pray through me. Holy Spirit, pray through me. And I know this may be like brand new and like nothing you've ever, I'm just going to throw it out there and you try it if you want to and nobody's going to know if you don't and, and you know, this is, this is just something for you to try. It's helpful for me to sit in silence which, you know, I mean, I got, 
young family, and, and, and it, that, that can be a challenge to find silence, but Holy Spirit, pray through me. Holy Spirit, pray through me, just in silence. And then, and then, because what I'm doing is I'm acknowledging I don't know what to pray for. And there are times where there are complicated things with, with, with my boys or with my wife or with her job or with, with some of the things that you guys asked me to pray for. And, and I don't even know what, you know, I don't know what to pray for. But I'll think about the issue while I do that. Actually, Holy Spirit, pray through me. And after a few minutes of silence and just Holy Spirit, pray through me. Like, like when I'm just kind of admitting, God, I, I don't deserve to be here. And, and maybe there are times I don't even want to be here. But you have this time, and I'm going to do my best to just, just invite you into my world and into my problems and, and allow you to pray through me and just Holy Spirit, pray through me. Holy Spirit, pray through me. And, and I think you will be surprised. Even if it's like a brand new concept for you, I think you'll be surprised what that does for your soul. Holy Spirit. Pray through me. Okay? So give that a shot. And uh, I want to read one more scripture, and then we'll do uh, what we're going to do next is uh, we'll have like a song to kind of contemplate it all, and then we'll take uh, communion together. If you want to do that, you can. If not, just help us by passing the tray down the row. It's like a last contemplation for that, and then we'll have our, our time of, of, of blessing for our school year. So here's our last scripture. It comes from uh, uh, Luke chapter 10. And man, this, this, is, um, this is almost metaphorical uh, of life. It, like it, it, you can contemplate this for a year, okay? Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. So this is at Martha's house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion or what is best, which will not be taken away from her. There's a mess. She's trying to be hospitable. The mess needs cleaned up. The kid has puked on the high chair. There's spaghetti on the fridge. The dishes are three days piled up in there. There's that smell coming from somewhere. (laughs) Hope it's not the register. There's real stuff to be done, and Mary is sitting there in the presence of Jesus. And Martha sees the mess. She sees the chaos, and she wants to get that handled first. Then there will be time to listen to Jesus. I mean, is is this not life? I'll spend time with God after I've dealt with the chaos. I'll spend time with God after I've cleaned it up. Those are two really dumb things we say 
all the time, if you're like me. But I love what Jesus is saying here. He's saying that thing we have right now, where Mary and I are communing together, that will not be taken from her by that stuff that needs done. And so my suggestion for you, when you're in the midst of the chaos, or when you look at your life and you think, man, i got to clean this up first. I want to do this God thing. And I've heard a lot of people say, man, I know I need to get that. I, I need to do that. I just got to get, okay, I want you to hear Jesus say, yeah, I see the mess, but this connection thing, it will not be taken. Do not let that take this away. So that mess, that real mess in your life, don't let it take away connection with God. Start somewhere, start somehow spending time with Jesus. Even if you don't know what that means, Holy Spirit, pray through me. Reading scripture, whatever it is, connecting here on Sundays or at some church home on Sundays. Start somewhere and don't let life take that from you so that you'll have inner peace. So think these things through. Invite God's voice to connect with you on whatever scriptures were meaningful or concepts were meaningful to you during this, uh, this song and then we'll take communion. Let's pray. Father, Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for uh, your love for us just as we are, that you're willing to take something that is very weak and make it strong, that you're willing to protect and fight for our connection even though we don't deserve it in the midst of a chaotic life. And we're going to lean on that for inner peace. In Jesus' name, amen.